Blog Talk Radio. In the realm of the metaphysical, there are two sides. There is this side, and there is the other side. Have you ever asked yourself questions such as, When we die, why are we here? Where do we go? Why is there evil? What do we do? What is it? What's the meaning of life? Why do we hate? Why do we love? What is awesome? What is life? Why is there suicide? And what happens to those who choose that path? Welcome to Messages from Beyond, the show that addresses all of these questions and more with your hosts, Twin Soul Spiritual Mediums. Dennis and Alice Jackson. Well, good evening and welcome to Messages from Beyond. I am Dennis Jackson. And I'm Alice Jackson, and we're live tonight. (laughs) And it's good to be back. At least our canned audience is happy. (laughs) (laughs) We've been off the air for about five weeks now, and it's good to be back. And, you know, we've got so much to talk about tonight. Tonight is going to be a special show tonight on talking about my experience that I just had in the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah. Uh, and this is the reason we haven't been live the last few weeks, because my sister, my big sister, mm-hmm. uh, there's four girls in my family. I'm the baby, and she's the oldest. And Diane just succumbed to cancer. And I was in Florida with her for probably, I would say, the most... Um, incredible experience that I could have had. Much better than when you had to go back for your dad's yeah. passing. It, it, this, yeah. was, uh, it, this was unexpected. Didn't, didn't know what to expect. And yeah. we... Um, <laughs> it was trains, planes, buses, and automobiles getting oh, me there. Yeah. But I got there, and it, it, it was an interesting experience just getting to uh, Boca Raton in the first place. But... We're going to talk about what you can expect when someone near to you is passing, when they're on their last... If you have um, warning. If you have the warning, if you can. You have the Um, time. You know, I'd been asking her for months, you know, do you want me to come down there? Can I come? And she would say, no, it's not necessary. No, you don't have to come. And the last time I spoke with her on the phone and I asked her if I could come, she said yes. So I knew then that she was ready. And she knew what she was And she knew. Yet she was the type, very proud uh, person who didn't want anyone around her to know what she was feeling, that she was passing, whether she accepted it herself or not. Yeah. We don't know because she wouldn't discuss it. It was the elephant in the room. And we couldn't discuss... We couldn't say the word death. We couldn't say the word dying. We couldn't talk about a funeral. None of that. She would not discuss her, her mortality. No. And it was difficult on the family. Her adult children, she has adult she grandchildren. Refused. She It wasn't that she wouldn't do it. She just refused to talk <laughs> if, about it. If you talked to her about it, she would stop taking your calls. And you wouldn't, yeah, so, you wouldn't talk to her anymore. Uh, and she would cut you off. So what I did when we would, I'd call up, how you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. And then we would just gossip and talk about everybody else and talk about fun things because that was something she liked to do. So it was just our way of talking. And we just fell back into old mm-hmm. habits 
of chatting about everything as though she were but not sick. I want to say something. I want to say something because this is very interesting because when we first met, you related a story to me about your interactions with Diane and how at, even at that time you weren't really talking. You want to tell about that at the time? Okay. Right. I don't know which part you're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that you didn't really have a communication with her for 10 years. So, you know, just as, it was just off. We had an estrangement for a while, but we it was... Thank you, but you it, mended it. We mended That's that. That's the important part. It's very important. We mended it, and it was as though the 10 years hadn't passed, but that's something else you just don't talk about. She, it was, we never discussed it. it I was, know. We picked up from when we were kids. And, but the point is, is right now, you have said you wanted to talk about this, and I want to get into that whole story. So, okay. So well, you it's... are being interviewed at this moment, okay? <laughs> so... Uh, you had a reaction there that was 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 not. Oops, excuse me, I lost my glasses. <laughs> was not what I expected. Okay. And I'm I'm interested in wondering why. Uh, what, what was that reaction? Why, why well, were you hesitant? Well, I, I want to it? talk about what we were doing these last few weeks. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know what you want to do there, but I want to get to some other some okay. other parts of this. Well, you know, and it's I, I important. Wanna, I want to see the whole story because. People, we see people all the time. We talk to people, this is what we do. We talk to people who have lost loved ones mm -hmm. and they have many, many, many regrets. And we hear from people all the time, and you're yes. right, that are estranged or they'll say, well, I didn't, I'm not talking to my mother or I didn't know my mother or I didn't know my grandmother um, or well, I haven't seen my brother in 10 years and we'll say, and you may say to somebody, oh, your brother's on the other side, and they'll say, I don't know. Diane and that, wants you to talk about Okay, this. and that just really um, has hit me hard whenever we do readings for people mm -hmm. like that, and I think how sad you don't know what's happening. Um, so when Diane and I mended our relationship, it was actually, it was um, as a result of our mother passing mm -hmm. in 1997. And, but we never talked about the 10 years. No. It was, we just let it go but, and it didn't happen and we just moved but forward. But I'm going to jump in right here and I'm going to tell you something that you need to know. Diane wants you to know. She's she is very very sorry about that time that she lo she realizes now what she lost and you have to understand that right now you may be talking about it but Diane is here with us and she's going to be commenting all the okay. way through it she told me I need to go back to that to talk to you get you to bring that out because it's a very tender subject and and those ten years that you didn't have really were for you to grow. And you did. And Diane to grow also. And she did. Exactly. However, and she would never talk about it because if you don't talk about it, it's not real. Right. It's the because elephant she, in the room. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because she feels very, very bad. She felt very bad then. And she did not ha know how to broach the subject or how to come across without sounding pompous to be able to bring you back in. And when your mom passed, you guys connected, and all of a sudden all those things went away. You just forgot about the past. Bygones were bygones, and now we're back here where we are now, where you were now. And then at this point, I'm going to bring up another point, because when you were there, 
you called me and you got there and you said, "Oh, she's she's gone to well, sleep." Well, let me let me back up and, okay. and I'll, we'll, we'll get but to I'll, that. But I want to get to that because it's very important that right. that, that be brought out. So. Right. And and I had in those ten years, I missed out on a great deal with not seeing her children grow up yeah. and the grandchildren. So and I was able to bond with her kids and the grandchildren these last two weeks and it's been an amazing experience getting to know them and to love them as I do. And but, by the way, for all the people out there listening, we are live tonight. So. We are live. <laughs> okay, and it is November 26th, and yeah. tomorrow is Thanksgivinga, yeah. which is uh, yeah, everybody's probably busy. Actually, Thursday is Thursday. Thanksgivinga, and uh, people are getting ready for Thanksgiving. But you know what? The show's going to be on archives, That's right. and it's okay because it's an important show. When I arrived in uh, Fort Lauderdale on... November 9th, after flying all night long. And I got to the... She had just been put in hospice that afternoon. And my other sister said, come on over about 5 o'clock and you know, let her settle in a little bit. And it was her choice to go to hospice. She was in rehab, getting stronger for her legs and everything. She'd had cancer for just a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm ready to go to hospice. And it went that fast. Mm-hmm. And I will say right now, I, I arrived on November 9th, and she passed on November 18th. So I had that entire time with her, which was Holy. quite beautiful we're going to go into. But when I arrived at hospice, about two hours after she checked in, I got there, and the entire family was around her. And... They said to me, she just fell asleep. And she was in that deep sleep, coma-like sleep Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about in a little while. Um, She was in a coma. Right. Well, she was in that deep sleep, never to wake up. And the doctor was standing there and he said, she's not going to get up from this. She's, She's in that sleep. And everybody looked at me like, Oh, no, you know, you're five not minutes again. too late. Yeah. Not again, because when I, uh, in 2001, I was too late to see my dad. But, so we all stayed at the hospital till about, this was about five-ish, and we stayed till about 9.30, and my sister Linda and I were there, and I said, you know what? I'm not leaving. No one should be alone. No one should die alone, and I'm not leaving. And she said, okay. So she went back to Diane's house to sleep where she had been staying off and on. Uh, She had been Diane's family caretaker for the year and a half. She had full-time caretakers. She had great insurance, so she was able to have uh, a a real live nurse caretaker where the family was the emotional support. And so I said, I'm just going to stay here. And I sat by her bed and I said, you know, I know what we do. I know what other people have told me happens. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to talk to her. So I took her hand and I just talked to her like I'm talking now. And we we just talked. And Mm -hmm. I said, I know you can hear me. So just I just talked. And I couldn't tell what kind of response I was getting. So 
my niece Patty called, and we're going to get Patty on the phone in about 15 minutes or so. And my niece Patty called Wait. from California, and I said, Patty. Before you tell this, I need to bring in the part that happened here in Washington in the interim before that. You called me. Oh, right. And you said, uh, um, it looks like I'm too late again. Alice says to me, she says, uh, she's not going to wake up. And, and This is important, it's, yes. Yeah, and it, it's just, you know, it's, it's time, so I guess I missed out again. And I hung up on the phone feeling bad, you know, for, for my honey. And all of a sudden, Diane, her sister, popped into my vision. I was driving down the road, and I see this face in in my vision and it's an animated face it's not just a picture it's it's animated she's talking to me mm-hmm. and she's saying dennis oh my god i have to tell you something and i said in my mind this is a conversation going on in my mind you have to understand i said why what and she she says to me you were right but you were also wrong and i went what are you talking about she goes over here it's incredible, like mm. you said it was, but it's even better. That's where you were wrong. It's even better than you think it is. And I said, oh, so you owe me an apology. <laughs> and, she's, and she got that smile on her face that she has. And you know what I'm talking about. She's trying to... Her smirk? Yeah, smirk. <laughs> and then she goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Diane was a skeptic. Let me finish. Yeah, she had, she had always thought I was full of it. And her husband was even worse. He was a judge, and he thought I was totally wacko. wacko. Well, he pops well, in actually, a picture. Well, actually, Patty will tell you he did believe. Yeah. Well, at the same time, he pops into the picture and says, hey, you know, just hello. And Diane says, well, I said, so I, I'm still waiting for my apology. So she says, okay, I'm sorry. You were right. And then Dick goes, yep. I apologize, too. And both of them. I mean, it was really wild. And I said, oh, wow, this is too bad. I said, Alice has flown uh, across country in the middle of the night, got a train. I mean, got a a bus all halfway across. Two city buses. Two city buses. And then a a Greyhound (laughs) to to get the rest of the way to get there so that she could see you. And now you're over here. She goes, I know. And I'm going to take care of that. Cool. That's what she said. Those were the exact words. I know, and you told me that. I, well, I didn't tell you right away. I told That's I told right. a you friend told of ours, and I and I because I didn't want you to get your hopes up in case I was just like hearing voices. <laughs> but I got somebody to confirm you do it. Hear voices. I do. I hear. I do hear voices all the time. But you know how it is. Exactly. Even the psychic sometimes worries about his own vision. Well, Diane, especially Diane for was, you, you're my love. You I know. know. And, and it's hard because I know what you want from me, and it's, exactly. sometimes it's hard to distinguish between what you're actually hearing and yeah. what you want to hear. Well, I try to keep it as clear as possible. So, so anyway. Now you can continue on with your story. Okay, so I took Diane's hand in mine, and I'm just sitting by her bed talking to her. And so I, so I, I can't remember now if I called Patty or she called me. Patty is what I call my niece. Uh-huh. I've known her since she was 10 years old. She's Diane's stepdaughter. Right. And so Patty um, uh, is wonderful, and Patty is very metaphysical, and we... we Love Patty dearly, and we've stayed at her house all over the country where she's lived. Yeah, really. And so I said, Patty, you know, 
she's sleeping, but she can hear you. She can hear everything we're saying. Every word. So uh, talk to her. So I took my phone and I put it on speaker and I held it up to her. Now, mind you, Diane is wearing her infamous sunglasses. That she yeah, wears. the they're, shaded ones. Her shaded glasses. Yeah, cool. And because they're cool, her 1980s style, the big glasses, and her sort of her trademark. And they're the kind that um, shades she, up in the Is she uh, wearing inside. those on the picture you, you posted? No. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, actually. Yeah, she, she is. is yeah. You can see her picture on the internet, uh, the picture that's posted here. But So I couldn't tell if her eyes were open or shut, but they were that half open of, you know, the... Yeah. the, the yeah. The comatose type look. Yeah. And so Patty gets on the phone, and you'll hear her voice later. She's very animated, and she says, Hi, Diane, it's Patty. Well, with that, Diane's mouth, which had been open at that point, mm-hmm. which is a sign of a big sign. that um, final sleep, her jaw closed, her head turned, and her eyes popped open. <laughs> and I was, Whoa. I said, Patty, keep talking. I said, she just woke up. Keep talking. And she did. She kept talking. And it was just wild. So she tried to communicate with her. She couldn't make any sounds at that time. So I texted my other sister. And I said, she's up. (laughs) She's up. She's talking. This is about 1030. She's up. She's talking. I said, have your daughter, Tracy, call my other niece. I said, have her call her. She was out of town. And I said, and she did. She called and I did the same thing. I held the phone up and Tracy got on and she's talking to her and she's crying and she's telling her everything she's been wanting to say mm-hmm. that Diane wouldn't allow us to say for the last six months. Yeah. Because we weren't allowed to talk about death. We weren't allowed to talk about illness. We weren't allowed to say goodbye. Yeah. And it was so important for all of us to be able to say, I love you. Exactly. Uh, you've had a wonderful life. You have to have closure. You've, you've had a good impact on my life. And we needed to say this, not as much for her, but for us. For yourselves. That's what for the sure. love, you people that are here need to be able to say this. So Tracy did that, and she read a letter from her 12-year-old daughter that mm-hmm. she wrote to Diane, and it was beautiful. And then Linda called, my sister Linda called, and I held the phone up, and she was able to say what she wanted to. And at that point, Diane started talking, mm-hmm. and she was wide awake at that point. And it was just beautiful. So it was great. So we sat there, and we were able to talk. I was able to tell her what I thought, and at 1 o'clock... She says to me, she says, this is 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Yeah. We're still up and we're still talking. <laughs> and it was great. She's been sleeping a long time. So, <clears throat> I mean, for weeks. So she was wide awake. Yeah. And I was spoon feeding her liquids. And she wanted ginger ale. And I was spoon feeding her that. And I was wetting her lips. And I have to say, it was phenomenal. But at 1 o'clock, she says, I need to talk to Andy. Andy is her oldest child her son and I said okay I said but it's one o'clock he's probably sleeping she goes yeah he's probably sleeping she says I need to tell him something important to tell a friend of hers and I said well tell me in case you forget because I was afraid she might either forget or fall asleep again and I said well tell me in case you forget she goes I won't forget 
And she wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and the next day when Andy came, of course, I texted everybody and told them mm-hmm. that she was awake and alert and what was going on. And I would give them daily alert text at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. And they said they would lay there in bed waiting for my text. <laughs> um, and Andy came in. He walked in the door about noon. And she says, I need to talk to you alone. So we all cleared the room, and she needed to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And because he's the executor of her estate, and she had certain things she needed to tell him. And it was wild. She was back to her old self, mm-hmm. taking control. She was alert. Her mind was sharp as a tack. Cancer had invaded her entire body except for her brain. And she was alert and giving orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I have to say that every day the nurses would come in, and they were amazed because her blood pressure was down to 70, then it went back up to 90, then it went to 108. She was all over the place. And they were amazed, but they also said no other room had the love and the family 24-7 like we did. There were so many synchronicities, too, that I want to get into uh, that were just amazing. But the, the hospice center that she was at gave us a booklet. And it's called When Death is Near, and it's a caregiver's guide. And I'm going to share with you a lot of the uh, information that was put in this. And the key is that dying is a natural part of life. It's what it is. Now, we choose in metaphysics not to use the word dying Mm -hmm. or death. We say passing or transition or crossing over or things like that. only the body dies. Yeah. You know, we don't need that body anymore. The soul lives lives on and goes to the other side. You can't kill but energy. That is absolutely true. So. But for the most part, people refer to it as dying. Mm-hmm. And we use it interchangeably. Dying and crossing over. But most people, at least myself included, have never had the experience of caring for someone during the dying process. Yeah. And it's a whole new um, and unfamiliar territory that you're going through. And so they made this book to help people. Now, I read this little pamphlet, which is just a 19-page pamphlet, and it was as though Diane had read the book. And there's a checklist in the back. You followed every step. It's like she read the book, and she was doing the checklist, and we would laugh about it because it, it said it's a review of possible signs and symptoms of approaching death and there's it goes one to three months one to two weeks days to hours and then minutes she did the one to three months and one to two weeks she checked everything off on that one and then the days to hours she did on a daily basis for eight days (laughs) it was like the hanukkah oil I honest to God, <laughs> it's all I can say. It was like that little drop of oil they found, and it burned for eight days. Diane lasted for eight days. And Not everybody we, knows that. Why don't you explain that a little bit? The, the Hanukkah oil? oil? Yeah. Um, most people Just do. Just a little background. The background of the Hanukkah oil is the temple was destroyed, and if I'm messing up this story, please forgive me, and someone in quick me and tell me, but... Um, <laughs> the Hanukkah oil, they found a little bit of oil. Did you just say end quick? Oh, did I? Uh, end quick me. What do I, what do we call it? 
um, text, text right in the, what, uh, the chat room. Chat room. That's an old show. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Wow. Deja vu. Well, that's what this is about. Deja vu every single day. Yeah. We laughed and called Incorrect. it Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, it was always the same thing. And it was, I have to say, well, let, I'll get back to the yeah. Hanukkah thing. I, I mean, Hanukkah oil they found that would burn for one night huh? and it burned for eight right. days and nights and exactly. they were able to rebuild the temple. However, Diane, and that's really the first time I've, I've um, equated it to the Hanukkah oil, but it's true. It was eight mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Um, I spent the night in a recliner in hospice. felt like Goldilocks because there were three recliners for me to choose from. And I tried <laughs> them all out till I found the most comfortable. And I stayed there every night. And you do have golden locks. I do. <laughs> and because it was important... As important for her as it was for me. Mm-hmm. It was healing for me. It was healing for her. It too. was healing for her. It was important. In fact, she would say to me, I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. And she said, when are you going home? And I had an open ticket to go home. So I said, I can stay as long as, as, I, as you need me. And then she would say, when are you going home? And I said, do you want me to leave? And she said, no, I'm glad you're here. So it was good. And... I did what the nurses can't do round the clock. Sure. I would help feed her. I would make sure she had her liquids. They took care of the other stuff that needed mm-hmm. to be done, and I would leave the room when they needed to to change her and take care of her. But she it, she appreciated it, and yet, I mean, one morning she sat up and she was starving. She was hungry. She ate half a thing of applesauce. She was drinking. She was mm-hmm. she grabbed a cup out of my hand, literally, <laughs> and gulped it down it was wild Uh, and then other days you had to just wet her lips you know she was weak Um, but she was alert and yet there were times when she would be in a morphine high High, it's like the nurse said she's high on morphine you realize I called you one time and you guys started laughing so hard you couldn't even talk on the phone and you handed it to somebody else and they were laughing so I finally just hung up she She had us we were laughing hysterically she had we were playing old 50 songs Mm -hmm. and she was snapping her fingers Mm -hmm. it was a wonderful experience for the kids to see oh sure their grandmother in this situation where they expected to be crying all the time and they were laughing well, and laughing with her, not at her. Well, let me ask you, was it what you expected it would be? Not at all. I didn't know yeah, what to expect. Exactly. And that's the key, what to expect when death is near. There are no expectations because everyone is different. Everybody's different. Uh, everyone. I mean, we have a dear friend who just lost a brother four days after Diane and she didn't get there in time to see him yeah. alive. I mean, and and talk to him. He had already slipped into his coma. And I know that's what it was like when I when I got from my oh, dad. I yeah. didn't get to see him and to say goodbye. So it was um, with Diane. I mean, we we said, you know, what's your favorite song? I knew what her favorite song was. It was her her wedding song, mm-hmm. which was old. She got married in '58, and so her wedding song was Blue Moon. And she still said it was her favorite song, even though she got divorced from that husband. And so we found the words on the Internet, and we all sang it. We found a song that we played. Um, Frank Sinatra was singing it, and we all sang it, and she sang it. Husbands change, but favorite songs don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was just um, 
an experience that I'm, you know, unfortunately, I had to witness my sister passing. Of course. But it was an experience that I wouldn't have given up for the world, given that situation that we were all in. You could also say it another way. Fortunately, I was there when my sister passed. Exactly. That's the other way and of looking at it. And we're going to talk about that. And Patty is waiting for us to take the call, too. But I want to say that there was a night where she would just stare. She would stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. And I know she was seeing people. <clears throat> and she would go. You could tell the difference between when she was looking at you with alert eyes or when she was looking through you with glazed eyes. And that's when she was half here and half over there, yeah. which is what you witnessed when she came to visit you. Oh, yeah. When she was, she was half, half over on there. The other side. And she said, I'm seeing three people sitting up there at the top, on the, and she would point to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. She says, but I don't know who they are. And it was interesting. And I saw three flashes of light that first night, and I know it was my parents. Your mom, dad, and Dick. And- her husband. husband, But also, I have to say that every morning when she would get up and she would be alert, we were like amazed because the doctors kept saying, it's going to be any day now or any hour. And uh, and she proved them wrong. I played your Fred meditation, your self-healing meditation. And each time we played it, because I did it with her daughters and my niece. I did it with her former caretaker who came to visit. And we sat and we did the meditation. Then she would have a complete alert day and completely lucid after that. (laughs) It was like, I've got things to do. I've got people to talk to. And she talked to a lot of people long distance that she hadn't talked to for a while. And she allowed them to say, I love you, and allowed them to say goodbye. Yep, and that was important. She finally let go. She said at one point, which was hysterical. She says, um, "Help me out of this cuckoo's nest." Yeah, <laughs> I remember when you it was great. Told me that. And then one day she said, "Cause I write, I tried to write down and keep a journal of as much as she was saying," and she said, "It's better than strawberries." So pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. If you love her. strawberries and the other side is better than strawberries, I thought that was fascinating. Wow. But um, there was a time that um, she kept every morning. This is important because I know my dad did this quite a bit too. He constantly <laughs> asked, what time is it? And those of you who have experienced loved ones crossing over may have, uh, experience this as well but every morning she would wake up and say what time is it and I'd tell her the time and she'd say what day is it so I always waited for her to ask mm-hmm. she'd say what day is it and I'd tell her the day and she no comment she just took it and then one day I, she says what time and she would ask what time it was like almost every 20 minutes yeah. and I, thought, I said you got a date and be, and they do. They know when they're supposed to go. So she wanted to know when it How was. How much time she had left? And we thought she was going to pass on Wednesday the 13th because the, you'll, we'll talk in a little while about the number 13 being very significant to her. But she didn't. She kept going. And But then we realized this is 2013. So that's mm-hmm. the 13 there. And it's 13 years after her husband However, passed. if you add up... The day she died, the date, 
and uh, except for the 13. In other words, November whatever what was 18. it? 18 uh, 2013. Two th- use the two and leave the 13. It comes up with 13 and that's 13. That's right. You did do that. Yeah, yes. and you add them as 26. You know, and that's right. a whole different number. But you can do a lot with numbers. But yeah. the, the 13 is, is has always been significant in her life. She met her husband on Friday, January 13th. They got married on Friday. January 13th, 17 years later. Um, <laughs> she wanted to make sure it was going to last. Yeah, um, yeah. They And Dick died on February 13th. 13 years later, Diane passed on, 13th, on um, in 2013. That's right. He did pass in 2000. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And wow. what, now this is interesting. Her tag on her car was the number 13, her <laughs> license tag. Mm-hmm. That's how significant 13 is to her. Now, we get into hospice. It's a very small hospice. It's one floor with four different hallways, and I don't know how many rooms there are. And the rooms are all different numbers. I mean, they're numbered in order. We get to her room, and her room number is 113, (laughs) January 13th. Now, if you look at the room next to her, it's 107. The room across the hall was 106. The 112 and 11 are all the way down the other end. No way should this have been 113, but it was. Um, and it was the biggest room in the place. They and it was the only it, room available, It too. was the last room available when they checked her in. And they called it the presidential suite. We called it the queen suite, and which is why there were three recliners in there. But she had a large family, so it accommodated all of us. So it was one person for three recliners. That's 13 right there. Really? <laughs> yes, dear. Now, um, the time of death is significant. When she took her last breath yep. and the nurse was in there. I, ha- I have to tell this story now. Yeah, good. This is your time. This huh? was Monday. Now, Sunday we realized that I'd been spending every night there. And she wasn't going to leave with me there. No. So, because I was keeping her awake, <laughs> apparently I was disturbing well, her. So when you talk to someone, it keeps we, her consciousness there. Exactly. So we decided that I should not spend the night there Sunday night. However, I have to say something about that. What? Our time is our time. Oh, I know. I know. You we can't keep that. anybody. Exactly. But it's your your feelings about it, and that's the important part right now. Okay. So, I... I said, um, so the the kids and I decided that I would not spend the night at the hospital that night. So I went back to her house with her daughter and, and my nieces. And, and that was the only night you didn't sleep It was the there. only night I didn't sleep there. And we all kissed her goodbye and left. The next morning, Monday morning, when we arrived, she was in that deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And the nurse said she hadn't responded to any of the, the movement in the morning. Stimulus, yeah. And, and she wasn't responding at all, where normally she would respond, say hello, and mm-hmm. at least, you know, ow, you know, give me some medicine, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't responding. So we stayed there a few hours, and we left to go to lunch. And when we came back, um, she there was a significant change in her appearance. Yeah. And... She was doing, she was in the labored breathing at that point. Mm-hmm. 
and making the guttural noises and she was in labored breathing. And so I went down the hall, I told a nurse, she's in labored breathing now. So uh, the nurse who had been on the day before was a wonderful, wonderful nurse and very gentle with her and with the family. He, in fact, told us more in five minutes than I had learned in seven days there. Yeah. Uh, and he was wonderful. And he came in with this stethoscope and he's, he looks at her and he says, she's made the turn. Now, this nurse is a Reiki um, healer and he does Reiki and as do many of the nurses at this hospice center. And we loved him for that. And he says, she's made the turn. So he took a stethoscope out and he says, it's going to be today. So we're all standing there and in somewhat shocked because they'd been telling us this for days. And yeah. he says, it's going to be today. And this, we finally believed it. Mm -hmm. And he's, now, I'm telling you, within a span of less than five minutes, this happened. Yeah. He's monitoring her, and he says, it's going to be hours. Wow. Another minute, he says, it's going to be minutes. Wow. And I watched her breath rise and fall, and then it was a long time between the next one, and I watched this three times, and then I'm waiting. And I don't see it. And he had said, it's going to be minutes. Yeah. And then I didn't see the breath again. He says, it's now. It was that fast. Wow. And so Susie, Mike, and I are standing there. My niece, her husband, and just me are there. Just the three of us in the room. And I looked at the nurse to Joseph and I said, what time? Mm-hmm. Because I knew he had to call the time. And he, he said, said? He, he looked at the clock, which was not a digital clock. It was a big clock with the numbers. Mm -hmm. He looked at the clock and he said, 247. And what does that add up And to? I said, it's a 13. <laughs> said, it's a 13. And Susie said, wow. And I mean, he could have said 248. He could have said 246 because, you, you know, it's hard to tell yeah, when exactly. it's like right there between the numbers. <laughs> he said 247. And we all just go, okay. That's her 13. And it was tough. It really, really was um, tough. But it was, she did it her way. And it was beautiful. And um, there was just, there were so many, many synchronicities that week. Yeah. Which, you know, are beyond explanation other than the fact that I know where these are coming from. Exactly. So I think uh, a really important one. Let's get Patty on the phone. Okay. Uh, you're going to call Patty now? Yeah, give me a second here. Uh, it's going to be audible, so uh, uh, let's see. Uh, so we're calling her now. We'll yeah, get her on the phone. Patty's in California. I have to get her number. Uh, and so I wanted to you know, share some of these things with you that the uh, book tells you about because those of you that may be going through this um, you just have to know that you know each person's dying experience is unique to him or her and to you and nobody can fully predict when it's going to occur or what it will be like it's different for everyone but it's in are we 
Are you reading that earlier? Yeah, are you going to call her? Because she's going to be on, on live on the air. Okay, here. as soon as you get her on, I'll stop talking. Okay. But um, it's it, the most important thing is they told me. Now hang on a second. Wait, the important thing is yep. they hear everything you say. Hello? Oh, yeah. Hey, Hi, there. Patty. Patty, you, you, you want to hear how weird this is? No. Oh, no. I am already? You are yeah. live on the air. Okay, now. you know, this is really funny. Because I just figured out how to get you on my computer. It took all that time. And just as I went, oh, there's a red bar that says live. It took me 10 minutes to go through this. I'm telling you, you saw my text. And then I went, oh, there it is. Boom. And the phone rang. You're late. How are you? How are you? So, Patty, you can listen to Okay, I turned it off. Let me get out of the room so I won't pay attention to my voice. I I want to introduce you first. Um, Everybody out there, this is... Patty. Patty, who and is my was, niece that I talked about early on yes, in the show. She was uh, I missed all that. So I don't even know what you said. It's all right. We only I missed the whole things. show so far, That's so okay. I, don't know, I don't know where you've been. That's now, okay. Now you can see, and now uh, as we talked about Patty, how bubbly she is and how she <laughs> comes into the room. There you are. <laughs> Her presence takes over. She is here. <laughs> what, what I want to say is Patty. All right, girls, it's her show. Patty lives in California and in yeah. Marin County, and Patty flew out to Florida to be with us, um, and you flew in Friday. And so Patty, I had Patty stay in the room with me Friday and Saturday night. I said, stay with me. She didn't want to do it, but she did. <laughs> and because Patty and I... Well, were, yeah. I mean, well, I didn't, it's not that I didn't want to do it. I never even thought of doing it. I mean, I just, I don't know. It was natural, right. though. I did, I mean, I kind of told you that. It was just... Um, because you were there. Otherwise, exactly. I would have been a little bit more afraid. No, yeah. it was fine. So that and, was I gave, and I gave you the comfy recliner. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you did. You did give me the recliner. Um, yeah, so we, we, um, we camped out okay, so for a couple of before, nights there. Before you arrived, um, you were making a card for Diane, right? And you sent me a picture of it and posted to the those of you that are, are looking at our website um, on the Blog Talk site, you'll see the picture of a big 13, a heart, and a ram. Yeah. And Patty, tell that was like a little... Um, we already talked well, about the 13, and now the 13 is, is significant to her. Okay, like made all that, right? right. All the ones, okay? But so, the, ram, um, the ram is your... Now, her husband, Dick, is Well, okay, dad. so I'll tell you how it came apart. So when I was younger, Diane knows that, and my dad, I used to make cards. You know, when you get your little creative, that was one of my little creative spurts um, when I was younger, and I would make handmade cards. And then, uh, I don't know, it just, uh, did you talk about the conversation? Nope. Are we even there yet? Nope. What conversation? Oh, well, that's, that's how it happened. That's how that even, I created no. that was because, oh, you haven't gone to that part yet. No, I'm letting <laughs> you tell everything about the card. Okay, well, you're letting me tell everything about the card. Well, the card's not significant unless you know the conversation that was right before when either all. I called you or you called me. Oh, you want me to tell it all? I, no, oh, I, talk, I told about when you called in and talked to Diane and woke her up. Okay. Okay, okay, so that, good, because that's a long story and it takes me a lot of <laughs> That saves a lot of breath of, you know how I tell stories. Okay, so you got to that part and then... Um, Dennis, don't laugh. And then, um, so what happened was, after I hung up, um, because I think in pictures I'm very visual and I'm creative, I thought, well, what do I do with this energy? I just had the most amazing gift ever because 
Um, I just have to tell this part, okay? Um, <laughs> that, you know, after not being able to speak with Diane for so long and her de- dealing with her journey on her own and having my own, like, ego-driven sadness and, oh, you know, how could she leave and blah, 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 all that stuff, yucky stuff, um, I had this peace, okay, like really did. And so then as soon as I had that peace, you called, and then I had that conversation. So what did I do with that? I didn't know what to do with all that. That was just such a trip, right? For me, if you're in me, in my heart, so I had to put it into something with my hands and make something creative. So a long time ago, I had the number 13. I don't know. You know, you get one through nine, and they were in a little store, and I'm like, well, I'll get the number 13 because Dad and Diane, you know, because that's their lucky number. Maybe it'll be mine. So that's the only numbers I have like that. And then I have all these little rams that I inherited from my dad when he passed, and, you know, tons of them. I mean, he had a lot. And then um, and then I had this card, and I just put it on my desk, and I'm looking, I'm making a three-dimensional card in my, in my mind for her and putting it out there. And then I just was looking all over for an owl, and I could not find an owl. And um, uh, Diane collected owls. Well, Diane collected <laughs> owls for years and years and years. She, like okay. my dad collected rams for being an Aries. My, da- my, my stepmom collected owls. For whatever reason, I don't know. I've just always known <laughs> her to collect they owls. they were popular back then. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but there were thousands. Right. <laughs> I, don't, no, hundred, I don't know how many, but like they hundreds and hundreds of owls. Yeah, from all over the world. Little cloisonne ones, little ones from Africa, little ones from China, little, you know, whatever. Wherever she saw an owl, she picked one up, and my dad had the ram. So anyway, so I could not find an owl. So I was like, well, that's so strange. You would think I would have one, but I don't. So I let it go, took a picture of it, figured it would come up, whatever, and I just sent it to Alice and said, tell Diane I made this for her. Um, and I showed and it then, to her. Yeah, you showed it to her, and she said, that's nice, or <laughs> whatever she said. <laughs> I don't know which I wasn't there. That's sweet of her. Um, I don't know if she really saw it or not, but whatever. Well, she saw and it then, on the iPad. I showed it to her on the iPad. Oh, good. Okay. So then, um, so the rest of that story is, I get kind of like, well, goosebumpy because um, I right, had now, been, uh, you would only, how do I, how do I go, what? Well, you said you looked at the airport, you looked everywhere along your trip looking for an owl. Well, it's not so much that I looked for an owl, like a sign for an owl or like a picture of an owl. I needed a three-dimensional owl to put on my card. Like I needed right. like a little owl figurine. That's like something I mean. like that is how, in my head, like a thing, like the rock. And the, so I needed like that. And I wasn't really looking for it. But on the way to the airport, and I had like red eye, I thought, well, I don't know what possessed me to do things. But I grabbed the, the one and the three and the ram. <laughs> I threw it in my luggage. So not thinking anything about it. You grabbed um, the, the, oh, the numbers the and, and the, the ram. ram. Right. Okay. Right. So went to the airport and um, and then we were just we were out to dinner and you want me to tell did you tell the story or I'm telling it no your this is your story this is the big okay. story the big story is so um, we decided to go to this restaurant after changing a few times in our head we ended up in Boca at the Cheesecake Factory in case anybody's listening and they lost something there <laughs> excuse me and um, and um, and just waiting for our table, and all of a sudden, my stepbrother, who doesn't believe in this, in case he's listening, Andy, he, um, by chance, Andy, um, 
he just doesn't know what the heck is going on in my head. I mean, I'm not told him about this owl card. No, he doesn't know about this owl thing. No one knows about this, but Alice and I, the silly thing, and I guess Diane. And um, he reaches down, and you know, and he reaches down, and he said, oh, well, he just looks at me and says, Patty, is this yours? And he hands me this ring that's this gigantic owl with these diamond eyes. Picture, and I'm like, I flipped. I kind of flipped out. Hmm? Actually, There's, a picture. The There's picture a picture of the ring posted to the, the is, uh, website, too, here. Yeah, it's posted on this show page. So anybody oh, it is? Well, I it, put it on um, her hand when I came back. I'm like, Diane, okay, so, you know, to me, that was like, anyway, it was cool. That's it was Diane's pretty amazing. Finger, that's Diane's hand it's on with the beautiful nails. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, put it on her hand. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful manicured nails. So, um, that, and also, I just thought it was kind of funny. So I think Andy was just, you know, that's well, ridiculous. But even he was like, beforehand, but then when that happened, I said, Andy, when he saw my face, I think it was the look in my face that he was like, okay. She's telling, you know, she's telling, I think I turned kind of white. Yeah. <laughs> like it happened, like where the heck, and it was right next to my foot. Like it was almost stepping on it. Mm-hmm. So it was right there. And it, I know, well, I knew it was from my dad. I know. Yeah. Those are I the believe signs that. that happen, and that's where you find them, right next to your foot. When we were at the cemetery the morning of her funeral, we I got out, and we were just in the little office there before everybody started arriving, and my niece is standing there, my great-niece is standing there, and I looked down at her foot, and I said, Julie, there's a penny. I mean, a bright, shiny penny right there. And so I okay. went down to pick it up, and it was 2013, <laughs> the date on the penny. Which, you know, I mean, all these could be coincidences, but I think There's when you no put them all together, well, I mean, people can say that. People can say that. I mean, that's no. what, you know, her grandson was saying, being the, the logical, the logical young, young soul that he is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the young person. No, but he hasn't probably had enough of these, and I think when you have them. Um, exactly. Yeah. Those, you those know who I'm are saying? listening tonight, those that are in our chat room tonight, they all know there's no such thing as a coincidence. These are the things that they can do from the other side. Uh, the pennies are the easiest thing to do. And Diane knows better than anyone because Dick used to give her $5 bills right after he crossed. And, I mean, it was constant. Well, I don't know about that. I know that he used to do no. stuff with lights. and You know about that, no. but I don't Well, she, he, she found $5 bills from him all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I know she found a lot of things, and yeah. Well, anyway, what's really so funny we is to talk to you. We wanted you to tell this owl story, and because it was so. Did specific. you tell the story with the room number? Yes, I did. You should have been <laughs> okay. listening. <laughs> I, sh- I was trying. I'm telling you, the minute I saw, oh, there it is, live. I finally got the bar. I got it on my computer. I tried on my phone, and then the oh. the phone rang. So oh, anyway, sorry um, about that. I missed half the show. Well, I'm glad that um, I'll have to rewind or whatever, and I, I'll listen from now on. But um, that was that was very interesting, and thanks, Alice, for um, for uh, being the conduit. I guess. Well, thank you for being there for her because she loved you and she was happy you were there. And for you to fly in for those two days was so, just amazing and very special to her. And I know that. Since you since you yeah. didn't hear the earlier show, did Alice tell you about the visit? That I got from Diane. No. Okay. Well, you have to listen to it because listen back, or I'll I'll talk to you a little later in the. No, evening, you'll talk I, to well, me later because I don't know what okay. we're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, but um, yeah, I do want to hear that. 
But um, I do want to hear that. Thanks for um, thanks for uh, letting me share that. There's so many more, but that was probably the most amazing for me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much. And um, tune in. Listen, you know, just keep listening. Yeah. And if you need to say anything more, just text me, and we'll get you right back on. Okay? I will. Okay. Bye, you guys. I love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, you know... It, it's just, you know, that, the owl thing, and you can see the owl ring, and you have to look at Diane's hands because every time, every nurse that would Perfectly come in manicured. and talk to her <laughs> and say, oh, your nails are gorgeous, and she would look at them and she'd say, it's four weeks old. <laughs> that's a, a four-week-old manicure. Well, you know, the thing that's important here is that all of your sisters, that's the thing you guys do. You all have your nails. manicured nails, and they're always looking good. It's so. very important. Yeah. It's very important. Um, you know, it's just like, I, it's such an important experience that I just had and I know so many of you have either gone through this or are going through it now or will go through it and if we can help you at all I'm going to share a lot of this um, the information that was in the book when death is near that they gave us and I, I have to tell you Diane, uh, Patty touched briefly on it about their travels Diane and Dick traveled all over mm-hmm. the world they had a very um, happy, good, fortunate life that they were able to travel well. And Diane looks at me one night and she says to me, she says, I've never taken this trip before. And I thought that was profound coming from her because mm-hmm. she didn't know. She finally realized. She realized this is a trip I'm not prepared I'm for. Not, I've not done this before. And she says, I've never taken this trip before. And I said, well, I know. I said, but you're fine. And what's interesting is what they say in the book, too, um, at the moment of, uh, when death is near, that they're going to um, they're going to get a surge of energy, which is what she had day after day. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's an unexplained, they exhibit sudden unexplained surges of energy, which are usually short-lived. And that's what was happening. And they become alert and clear they ask to eat when they haven't had any food for days which is what she did mm-hmm. or they may want to get up to visit when they haven't been out of bed for weeks now she couldn't get up but she said to to her kids she says i need my purse mm-hmm. and she and she wanted a phone mm-hmm. she she needed to have a, she wanted a phone in her hand so we would do that for her and we said well you don't need your purse right now because we didn't have her purse but we would when she was on a morphine high we would give her things that she thought was her purse right. or camera she needed and she she wanted these things and so unfortunately for the the family they get false hope like gee they're 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 going to make it you know mm-hmm. they're going to survive they mm-hmm. can make and that's not what it is it's mm-hmm. just a sudden um burst of energy and i had mm-hmm. heard this from so many people that i'd been in touch with in the past that said oh they had a the best day was the last day, beautiful day, and I never got to experience that because yeah. uh, my friends didn't have that when I uh, when they passed. My dad I didn't get to see, and my mom uh, had a stroke the last morning that, and none of us got to say goodbye. Right. And so this was, like I said, as much for me as it was for her, um, for my experience to share with all of you. And 
to have it in my heart forever. I mean, it's just, it's that important. Um, you know, it, it, the love and the memories live on in your heart forever. Yeah. You can't take that away. So what you need to do is you enjoy that surge of energy um, and, and take it for what it is. Enjoy it as it is. Mm-hmm. Use that time as we did to reminisce and say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, be with your loved one just to hold hands, which is what we did. Now, Diane was a very, very private person. Oh, yeah. Uh, she kept things close. She didn't share. She would never tell you if she wasn't feeling well. We still don't even know what type of cancer it was in the beginning because mm. she didn't want to know. And she told her doctors, don't tell anybody. I don't want to know. Don't tell them. She just took the treatment and tried. Mm. Um, we're going to find out, obviously. But be there. The fact that she let us be there with her and help her she and knew. hold hands and touch. She knew. She knew. She mm-hmm. knew, and she was saying goodbye. And what She did it her way. Exactly. But the ways to say goodbye... Um, when it's appropriate, when you feel that it's appropriate for them and they they will allow you to say goodbye. Um, You take the uh, opportunity when they're alert, or what I did well when I thought she wasn't going to be alert, Mm -hmm. which woke her up, what Patty and I did. Um, Just listen to your heart, listen to your soul, and follow that guidance. And a lot of families begin the conversations with, what I did too, what I love most about you or what I will always remember and start saying that, uh, what I will miss most about you and tell them, tell them what a, a, a presence they were in your life yeah. and what you'll miss, uh, what I learned from you, what you taught me and what I will cherish. And the list is endless what you can say. Um, if you need to say I'm sorry, do it then too. It's okay. Um, some people choose the time to share expressions of gratitude. Just tell them what's in your heart. Tell them what you're feeling. Um, and you know what you can do? And the nurse told us it was perfectly appropriate if you want to. You could lay in bed with them. We didn't because her, pa- her legs were hurting her. Yeah. And we were very cognizant of where her pain was. Sure. Um, but they said, if you want to crawl up in bed and just lay next to her and cuddle, that's okay. Um, to have that closeness. Uh, spouses will do that. People will do that with their children. Sure. They'll do that. It's okay. But be very, very cognizant of whatever you say. Because they hear Everything They say the hearing is the absolute last to go. And don't say anything in their presence when, they're, when they appear to be sleeping or in a coma that you would, wouldn't say to their face yeah. when they were alert. Sure. It's, it, because they do hear that. And, and I know for a fact that she heard everything because she woke up so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'm going to open it up to questions. Do you have any questions for me? Do you feel complete? I do. And and keep a journal, too. You might want to keep a journal when they're there um, because you may want to remember. I know one of the kids just started writing down every funny thing she was saying 
Um, <clears throat> so do that too because you may want to share it later. Um, listen carefully because they talk in symbolism too. Uh, they, you know, what might be hallucinating, what appears to be a hallucination to you or to the doctors who are very clinical, they say, oh, it's a morphine hallucination. It's not. They're seeing people. They're seeing things. Well, let me, let me jump in because I I have a couple things to say. One of the things about when people come to visit at the last and, and you're, and the doctors are saying this is a hallucination from morphine. What's happening is the, uh, the veil has been dropped because of the fact that they're coming close and they drop the veil. The people come through, they're there in the room with them. They're always around them. Um, the, the soul, when, when, when the body and the soul, it's time to, for them to part, the body will continue on for quite some time. You'll see breaths going, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly. She actually stepped outside the body long before that. As soon as she went into that deep sleep, she was outside the body watching everything, watching people come through, you know, uh, making sure that everything was, was uh, copacetic, as they say, making sure that she was trying to communicate in some way mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like the, the owl for Patty. Right. That was given by Dick and, and Diane. They they brought it over oh, so absolutely. she would be that way. Um, Dick especially. I mean, he, was, he was in charge of that. Phenomenal. The penny at the, at the funeral. It was a pretty ring, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was a very pretty ring. Anyway, the penny at the, <clears throat> at the funeral, uh, um, that was dropped there by them. 2013 was significant because that was the year she passed. When we see pennies from your mom, they are from 1996 or seven. I don't remember which year it was. It was a six or seven. My mom. Yeah, it's 97, right? They're always the, that year. So when you see a, a coin and it's sitting beside you, look at the year, and then think about who passed in that year. And that's really a, a big key there. Another thing is when people pass, they will honor you sometimes. They'll honor people that they love by passing on their birthday or a, yes. a, a semblance of their birthday. I, and I have a perfect example for it. My previous father-in-law, I was very close to, and my mother-in-law both. I loved them there. You know, and, and there, was a, there was a past life connection there. So it wasn't like they were the, the mother and father of my ex-wife. They were, they were people I knew in past life. Right. Well, my father-in-law passed on my 40th birthday. February 19th, 1990, he passed. And my mother-in-law from that first marriage passed on what would seem like my birthday. And the person that pointed this out to me was the biggest skeptic I know. And he says to me, oh, my God, mom passed on your birthday, too. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, he says, she passed on November 19th, 2-19. It's February 19th. It's the two. So I went, okay, so that's a number. That's cool. I was just looking at Diane's passing. She passed on November 18th, which if you take 218 is right between our birthdays. She was honoring us both. That's true. I mean, think about it. Does anybody in your family have a birthday in November? Is there anyone that you can think about? I I mean, that would be something we have to look at. Her immediate family. No, in your immediate family. I mean, people that, mm-hmm. she, yeah, her immediate family, your brothers, your, I mean, your brothers, your sisters, sisters or, mm-hmm. or your mom and dad. No, none that you know of. Did Patty or Pammy have a birthday on that day? No. Uh, Pam did. What day? I don't know. It was this past week. Yeah, it was this past yeah. week, right? Well, it may be, maybe she was trying to honor her that way because they didn't get along really well. Well, I, I'll tell you who it was. It Ooh. was the two children of her best friend 
their birthday was the next day. Oh, there you the go. The 19th. There you go. Yeah. And my birthday's the 19th. The 19th, yeah. yeah. It was uh, so. Jeannie's two children. Cool. Uh, it was their, both of their birthdays were on but that my, day. But what I'm getting from her is was she, she didn't want to choose between your birthday or my birthday using the 11 because she wasn't passing in February. She was passing in November, mm-hmm. and it's a two. So that's what she's telling me. She wanted to do it in between. So, And it was closer to my birthday, so she liked me better. <laughs> Notice how I wound yes, right dear. in there? Yes, dear. So that's what they'll do. And, and, and Diane, um, being the, the the skeptical non-skeptic, she really did. She was really open to this. She just didn't want everybody to know it. You know, and uh, with superstitious people, you know, they use the number 13. I mean, that was that was a superstitious number going against superstition. You know what I mean? So thirteen is a so supposedly superstitious. So they went right on that. Oh, they absolutely did. They probably did things did. on on Friday the thirteenth uh, more Friday than anybody else. Friday the thirteenth was their favorite they day. They had black cats. I'm well, sure. they met on Friday the thirteenth. I know. So that was their favorite day. So, yeah. So there you go. But I just wanted to throw that in there. Just that's to, good. You know, it, and it is. But you know, everybody is different. Everybody I want to say has something. different experiences. I want to apologize to our callers. I know you guys have been holding for a long time, and we probably are not going to be too, doing too many calls tonight, only because we're 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 just talking about passing and things like that, and we don't want to. Uh, I don't want to take this away from my sweetheart who needs this. Uh, well, it was tonight. a special show that I wanted yeah. to talk about, and I we want to honor I, Diane's memory absolutely. too. Absolutely. And I want to um, let you know, too, we're having another special show next week, December 3rd. Which we will be taking calls on. We will be taking calls Lots on. Of calls. Um, and it is honoring the children <clears throat> on the other side. Our special guests will be Cindy and Jay Baum of Miami, Florida, um, who I was able to be with this last uh, yeah. week also. And Cindy is very active in Compassionate Friends. And their candlelighting ceremony is going to be the second Sunday in December Mm, coming up. And uh, Cindy has been a guest on our shows in the past uh, when we were on Achieve Radio. And she is a phenomenal uh, guest. And I guarantee you don't want to miss this show. She's a wealth of information about... If any one of you or if anyone you know has lost a child... Um, any any age, a miscarriage, uh, an abortion, uh, an adult, a child, whatever age, they're always your children, um, grandchild, anyone, uh, do tune in, have them call in. Uh, you will be pleasantly surprised at the uh, wealth of information that you're going to be able to get. So... Um, with that, I think we're going to play a, a meditation before uh, take a quick break. Mm-hmm. But I want to leave you with a couple things here. Um, one more thing I wanted to say. Um, one of the nurses there, Jenny, who was phenomenal too, was a raking master. Mm-hmm. And she came in one day and she said to me, she said, now I have to, well, I'm not going to go there right now. But she came in and she said she did Reiki on her. And so I asked her um, later, I said, Jenny, I know when people do Reiki, they, um, they're for healing. How do you use Reiki in a hospice mm-hmm. situation? And she said, I guide them toward light. Mm-hmm. 
I help them move cool. toward the light. Yeah. And I thought that was just awesome because I'd never thought about Reiki in hospice. Because yeah. when you're in hospice, there are very few people that do leave hospice. You know, when they're oh, not no. cancer patients, they do leave alive. Yeah. I mean, I watched people go out of there alive. And, um, but on the most part, when you're there for cancer, you know true, you're yeah. not coming out yeah. and, and you're at the end of life. Oh, I have to talk about some more signs. It's very important because my... Well, um, why don't we... Well, no, I want to tell you this now. Shall we come back and do that? Good idea. Stay tuned. We're going to do some signs. We're going to play a meditation for you. <coughs> I have to talk about some awesome signs that we got um, that my great nieces got and made them true, true believers in the afterlife and what was going on. And they now they know I'm a little cuckoo, but not quite so cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Diane meant when she said, help me out of this cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Maybe. Was it your nest? I don't know. Uh, anyway, but stay tuned. You're listening right to back. Messages from Beyond with Dennis and Alice Jackson. We're going to play a short meditation for you, and we'll be right back. Just follow the prompts of the meditation. cycles. Five hundred thousand cycles. 
700,000 cycles. Moving faster, 
two trillion. Ten trillion. Hundred trillion cycles. Continuing. Five hundred trillion. Continuing on at your own pace. Higher and higher. Just cruising. Trillions, trillions, cycles. The vibration carries you. faster connecting with the other side The messages from beyond. I'm Dennis Jackson. And I'm Alice Jackson. And oh, I hope you enjoyed that meditation. You raise your vibrational levels. The <clears throat> spirits on the other side lower theirs. Mm-hmm. And so we can have that communication somewhere in between. And that is called raising your soul's vibrations. Mm-hmm. And the meditation and all of our meditations yeah. are available on Amazon. On um, how they get there? I'm going to say that right now. Actually, um, Amazon.com. Actually, that's a good point. Uh, everybody, just oh, take a, a look website. at our new website. Our new revamped website. You, should, you were supposed to announce that the first. I, I was, we were doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> we have a brand new website. It's still messagesfrombeyond.com. But when you go to it, the entire it background different. has been changed. Hasn't been changed since 1997 when you built it. Excuse me, 98. 98. November okay. of 1998. Okay. Just, it's November. Oh, well, yeah, all right. And that. tell us what you think. Brand new website. Go around. Check it out. Um, we're going to still be adding to it. We're still going to be putting up our calendar. We're going to be putting up uh, a way that you're going to be able to get into uh, webinars that we're going to start mm-hmm. doing. Um, calendar's workshop. not ready yet. The calendar's yeah. not ready yet. Uh, so if any of you have a good experience with a calendar, let me know. I'm searching for That's one. A good, uh, yeah. But, really. uh, you know, let us know because we, we need it. And um, I see Elaine just got back from Seattle a week ago. Elaine, so sorry I missed you. I wasn't here. Um, next time you're here, give us a call. Were you here during the beautiful sunny weather? That's the question. Uh, or the rain. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. But anyway, we are um, <clears throat> we're uh, doing our show on death and dying, when death is near, what to expect when a loved one uh, is approaching the end of their life. 
and I personally experienced this, and we've talked about it the uh, whole first hour. And when we left before the break, I said that we were going to talk about some signs that came through. Now, my niece, um, who is going to be 50 in a few months, um, she believes. Yet, you know, the family is a little skeptical. Um, And yet her two daughters believe. And so the three of us and me... Uh, the three of them and me and um, Diane's caretaker that I talked about earlier, um, Regina, who's a wonderful, wonderful caretaker, um, we were all sitting there and we were doing the Fred meditation. Uh, and then if Diane had a really burst of energy after that as well. But it was wonderful. So the kids uh, who are 15 and, no, they're 17 and 23, my great nieces, um, they were asking me a lot of questions. So basically, while Diane was sleeping, we had a little mini workshop in her room. <laughs> and I was teaching them. And it was wonderful. We were just doing all sorts of metaphysical things. We were, uh, they were asking me about it. And we were, I was explaining to them what was happening and about signs. And so the kids decided that they were going to ask for a sign. Right. They wanted to ask Diane for a sign. And my mom, who is their grandmother... Ask for a sign. Um, Patty no, got their great grandmother. Patty got hers. Patty got hers. <laughs> oh, Patty! And then when Patty came, we did it again. We did another meditation. But um, so my mom was <coughs> their great grandmother, and so they were asking for signs. And so Julie, my 23-year-old, who's just phenomenal, and she's a paramedic, and she's going to be a firefighter, and she's just really. Uh, into it. I posted some pictures of them on Facebook. <clears throat> but So she decided she, she chose a sign that she wanted. And so we were in the car and we're going out to lunch and she says, I haven't gotten my sign yet and I've been looking all over for it. I said, okay. And she says, am I allowed to tell what my sign is? I said, yes, you can tell. <clears throat> and so she says, it's a butterfly. And at that exact moment, I mean not a second later, at that exact moment, we were crossing the street, the large highway in um, Boca Raton, and there was a van pulling in front of us to come into where we were coming out of, into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And the van had two butterflies <laughs> next to its name. And I saw another van with the same name later, mm-hmm. and it did not have butterflies. Oh, well. There were two huge butterflies one. on this van. And she was expecting, of course, a real butterfly. Oh, of course. But I said, Julie, there's your butterfly. And Mike, her dad was driving, and he was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was yeah. like blown away. And, um, well, didn't butterflies come in later, too? Butterfly, yes. So that's where I'm getting to. So then... At the moment after Diane passed, Mike opened the door to the to the room. Mm-hmm. He opened the front door, and there was a beautiful paper butterfly on the um, that they had hung on the doorknob. And he says, "Oh my God, look at that! It was a butterfly." <laughs> and the Joseph, the nurse, said, "Yes, they hang it on all the doors when the person has transitioned, and it's a beautiful." Uh, gesture. I had been there for eight days, and I saw people coming. I actually didn't see them coming in and leaving, but I saw the rooms emptied as I would walk by. 
Never once did I see a butterfly on a door. <laughs> That's funny. And that was the first butterfly I saw. And it was just really awesome. And Mike said, I'd like to take that to my daughter. And they said, of course, it's yours. You can keep it. And he did. And he hung it on his um, rearview mirror in the car until he was able to get it to Julie. But that was one song. And I'm trying to think what Susan's sign was because she had asked for one too. <laughs> and But we all got our signs. And honest to God, I had asked for a penny. I really had asked for more money from her. But the penny was the one that I found at the cemetery. And um, I have to say a funny story too. Diane and Dick had initials. Like, I don't remember even how many, like eight or nine initials, like with an anagram for a long saying that they had. And she had that put on Dick's headstone or footstone at the grave, the marker. And they never told anybody what it meant. It was their secret all these years. So during one of Diane's rallies, I call it her energy, surge of energy rallies, when she was lucid enough. Yeah. I looked at her. I said, Diane, we all want to know what the initials mean. Will you tell us now? <laughs> she turned to me and in her, I mean, in her very strong Diane voice, Stern. not the weak voice that yeah. she'd been having. Um, she looked at me, she took her finger and she pointed and she says, no. <laughs> and she laughed. She told you. And it was so funny. We all cracked up. Um, it was just, I, I, it was such a sad time being there, yet it was funny and happy at the same time. It's hard to explain those emotions. You know, it was like we were able to finally see a side of her we never saw. We were able to say goodbye. We were able to say, I love you. Um, although the journey toward death is not easy, it's often a time of new insights personal growth, and inner healing. And it's when people, the, the one who's dying and the family and loved ones around them, experience the love of others. Write down the initials for me. You don't have to say them on live, but write them down. Um, I don't know them right now. I'd have to, They have a picture of them. I, I don't oh, know do? oh, okay. I'll get them for you later. Yeah, I don't okay. know what they are. I had a, just, a, I had just had a, got, a, got a message. Okay, good. Um, and we'll share it next time. Yeah. She doesn't want to share it with the world. She of course not. That's why she family. said. That's why she wanted me to okay, have I'll, you write I'll, it down. I'll give it to you later because um, the kids took a picture of it. I have a picture of it actually. Okay, I'll show it to you later. It doesn't matter now. But um, what the person that when they're passing, mm-hmm. they have a sense of completion in their relationships with family yeah. and friends, and that's when they're able to allow you to say goodbye mm-hmm. and that's when they're allowed they're able to accept and say goodbye as well yeah. um they they're surrendering to the unknown mm-hmm. and they let go and that's what she was doing and that's what the, we had to do part and, of the reason you let go is because all of a sudden the veil is dropped and you know that it, that's your that you're going home that's why they get a smile on their face and they just lay back and go to sleep. Exactly. That's it. And like I said before, a few hours before Diane quit breathing, her soul had already stepped out of the body. So the body itself now was left without a soul in it, so it just shut down and, and went to sleep. 
and left itself. And it goes back to being dust. So I say dust to dust, you know. You start in dust and you end in dust. So uh, it's it's a very... It's a very interesting transition. The thing that I that I want to say about about passing is the one thing that happens with people, no matter who you are, I don't care how metaphysical you are, there is in the back of your mind, there's always that little fear that says, I'm afraid to die. No matter who you are, I don't care who it is. And people won't even admit it, but it's there. Uh, and it's one of those deep, dark secrets that you don't allow to come out of you for anyone. And, and, but the thing is, is understand that everybody has that little fear. But when you get to the point where you're ready to cross, it's like the veil is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. You know what's happening. And you'll see people who are ready to cross and they'll say, oh, mom, mom, dad. Right. You know. Uncle Charlie, oh, hey, good to see you guys. She she did that somewhat, but not as much as I expected well, her to. Well, she was pretty sedated. This she was, too, but so. she, she was mentioning some people, and um, she was she was all packed and ready to go. She had her phone and her purse she wanted to take with her. There was a lady that I knew younger in, a, in, a, in, in, the, in the previous family I was involved with, and, and she spoke Norwegian only. And she could mm-hmm. barely speak English. And she was on her last legs. And one day, and everybody thought she was gone. And she's laying there. And all of a sudden, well, they all left. They all went out of the room because they had to talk. And they came back in the room. And she was sitting up, wide awake, going, where did you guys go? Speaking in perfect English. Uh-huh. Speaking wow. perfect English. And where did you guys go? I wanted to talk to you all. I mean, with her teeth out, she, you couldn't understand her at all. And she had no teeth in. She had false teeth, so she had them out. She was like, I remember, I forget how old she was, 90-something. And she says, where did you guys go? I wanted to talk to you. And she started talking to everybody there and have, carrying on conversations and just, blah, 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 you know, just talking up a storm mm-hmm. in perfect English. And then she says, you know, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to take a little rest. And they all went, oh, cool. Grandma's back, you know. <laughs> I guess we got her. She went to sleep and never woke up again. Wow. That was it. That's that surge of energy. Just wanted to say goodbye. Yeah. And she was saying goodbye to everybody and, oh, I'll see you later and, you know, and all that. And it it just was amazing. But what got me was the perfect English. And she was from Norwegian descent. So. Well, it was interesting with Diane, too, because she would talk to people on the phone Uh that would call long distance. And then somebody called um, again a second time. And I said, so-and-so's on the phone. Do you want to talk to him? And she goes, no, I already talked. <laughs> you know, it was like, no, that was her checklist. She did her goodbyes. And uh, it, was, it was funny. Yeah. It was, and then we said, do you want to talk to so-and-so? And she would say, not particularly. <laughs> you know, we said, okay. And then we brought that person up again and said, do you want to talk to him? And she says, well, how did that come up in the conversation? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm done. That's I'm it. done. We got she done with that. She had her checklist. And well, she knew what she wanted. She was, I mean, you couldn't get anything by her. No. It was, it was really interesting was, to watch that process. And mm. we were fortunate to have eight days of that. Yeah. 
You had a lot more than most people do. A wow. lot of people just get that, like that, that one hour that she, that that, that person well, had. Sure. You know, you know, our friends Tom and Dale. I remember uh, it was the year, it was the week the you week and we I met, met. Yeah. in '96. Eldon and Eldon Tom. How come I remembered that name? You, you do. Well, <laughs> it's in the book. You read the book. Oh, I did. Didn't I, yeah. I, I tell the story in our book. And honey, um, I have to point out something. I hardly remember. I know you My don't own remember name. this morning. <laughs> anyway, um, they told me that Eldon had the best day of his illness mm-hmm. that last day before he passed, yeah. and that's this burst of energy that they talk about. Yeah. And you know, it's that rally, it's that surge, it's I'm gonna, I'm about to take my last breath. I got to get in everything I can. Everything I can say, yeah. And everything, we were, I, every goodbye we were I can do. Blessed, and we were fortunate to be able to witness that and with her children around her and the kids have memories that will last them a lifetime now. Yep. Exactly. Um, So, um, if anybody, you know, wants to tell us little stories of, of your own, we'd love to hear it. I know people have been sending us little private messages. Um, I know we haven't been taking phone calls for this show, but, uh, we hope next week, please join us, uh, as Cindy and Jay, talk about children on the other side we're going to be honoring the children on the other side cindy's going to give tips from compassionate friends on um helping you understand how people are moving through their grief Mm -hmm. what to say to people when someone close to them passes especially a child oh yeah um what to how to express your condolences uh sometimes it's best not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just being there for them, just holding their hand, just saying, um, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Because most of us can't say, I know how you feel, because no. uh, God willing, you no, don't know don't. how they most feel. Us, yeah. You cannot know how they feel unless you've been in their shoes. Um, and that's what Compassionate Friends is all about. It's people who have been in those shoes <clears throat> and they give each other that um, mutual support <coughs> and helping them uh, move through their grief. As Cindy says, you will never be over it. It will be with you forever. Do you have any more questions? <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, okay. <coughs> All of a sudden I've got this cough. Kim. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, no, I don't have any more questions. All right. We're, um, we're going to end our show. I just want to, um, oh, uh, Elaine is saying something here. She says her grandmother died 18 months ago and she was terrified to die, yet she was so surrounded by love and protection from this side and the other that finally she let go. Um, and that's exactly what it is when you're surrounded by the love and then you get the love of, and the light from the other side you're able to move on and when diane had that glimpse of it when she came and told you mm-hmm. it's you're wrong it's better than you said yeah, it was yeah i mean to me that was like whoa diane gets it mm-hmm. she really now she knows and it's better than strawberry yeah. <laughs> And that for her, foods. well, you think about it. Yeah. That's her, her gauge of of what is wonderful in life. I'll tell you something else that was fascinating. <clears throat> I don't know how many years it's been, but for more years than I can remember, Diane had no sense of smell. Mm-hmm. She had lost her sense of smell. 
um, and you know didn't understand it. it just I don't know where how she lost it. Yeah. All of a sudden, she could smell things. Mm-hmm. And she said, I can smell something. And we we're both looking at her like Linda and I are sitting there saying, you have no sense of smell. And then one morning, in the morning when they were just serving breakfast, mm-hmm. and we had no food in our room, she said, I smell chicken soup. We both smelled a very strong, powerful chicken soup, like my mother's chicken soup. Duh. Yeah. I wonder who was there. (laughs) That was great. Oh, I have to tell you, my wonderful nephew, Diane's son, Andy, made his favorite dish for me before I left, which was my mother's favorite recipe of his, and he always asked for uh, her to make it for him, fried tomatoes. Now, I finally learned how to make fried tomatoes the best way. My mother would always make fried veal cutlets and tomatoes together. You're going to talk about food? I'm hungry. Oh, so good. I made them for you yesterday. With I know you did. <laughs> That's why all of a sudden I'm hungry. And the key, the key to making my fried tomatoes is matzo meal, which I had always tried um, other breadings and the yeah. Italian breading mix. Yeah. doesn't work the same. No, matzo it meal, works That real matzo. fine. Oh, yeah. it was so good. And the key Andy taught me is you salt and pepper the matzo meal itself. Oh, yeah. Don't to salt the tomatoes because then they're too watery. And here's the key, guys. Write this down. And I know my niece is listening, so write this down. You dip it in the matzo meal first, then egg, and then back in the matzo meal mm-hmm. and fry it in hot oil. It was Wonderful. It's like when you put the egg in, it's like you glue it. It glues it on, and then you put it back in the Mm. matzo meal, and then fry it. I mean, what's better? I mean, anything fried is delicious. Oh yeah. But the tomatoes are wonderful. I have made fried tomatoes and used uh, cornmeal, and this is by far much better. Oh, matzo meal. By far much better. You can find matzo meal in any. Um, major Albertsons, city. you know. I hope I hope we can find it here. Oh, I don't right. know. Andy gave me a box I brought with me because I was afraid I wouldn't find it here. No, I buy. I, I, we've bought it before. Okay. Hello, dear. Not matzo. Yeah. Matzo meal. Matzo the meal. Fine yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. With everybody. that said, with that said, we want to thank you for joining us. I want to leave you with a. a I want to apologize call. to the callers first. We did not take any calls tonight, only because we we had an agenda, and we're uh, we're we will be back next week, and callers, we will be doing callers. To the callers that are still on, if you'll stay on, we'll chat with you briefly at the end of the show just to say hello, and um, ask you to call in next week. Okay. Okay. So. Um, I want to leave you and thank you so much for listening to my very personal story tonight. And if you'd like to share this show with your friends, please do let them know they can go to our archives at blogtalkradio.com slash messages from beyond. Um, we can be reached. We still do private readings. We're at 877-595-4111. That's our direct line. And you can find our website at messagesfrombeyond.com go and check out our new website sign up to be on our mailing list if you're not on there and have a great 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 oh have a wonderful Thanksgiving Thanksgivinga happy Hanukkah to all of you who are celebrating Um, and I want to share this with you um, from hospice may the long time sun shine upon you all love surround you 
and the pure light within you guide you on your way. You've been listening to Messages from Beyond with Dennis and Alice Jackson. May peace be with you always. 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 Thanks for being with